All right, hey everyone, welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host, Sandy McKay, and here at the Team Building Show, it is our mission to create high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. Uh, before we get going here, we've got uh, amazing guests lined up here, Chris Knighton. We're going to bring him in in a sec. Uh, quickly before that, I wanted to remind everyone to go over to our website, teambuildingshow.ca. Uh, you'll be able to find and subscribe to all of our uh, all of our content there. Uh, get on our email list and stuff, so you never miss out on a show, and get access to everything else that we roll out as we as we build this thing out a little bigger. Um, if uh, if you're listening or you're watching, and that website's not up yet, don't worry about it. It's coming. It's uh, it's something we're working on here as we're launching the show. And uh, if you're listening on audio, it's it's out on audio now. If you're watching, it's not quite out on audio. We're just releasing some of the newer content on our podcast feed there in the next uh next few days so if you want to go listen on audio go grab that on your favorite uh, podcast platform um you can like our facebook page subscribe on youtube wherever you're watching or listening today uh so you don't miss out on a show so <clears throat> really excited to have with us today here chris knighton uh team leader uh ceo whatever you want to call it there of the Knighton real estate advisors team and um uh, I won't get too much into his background. He's got a great story and, and background there. He's been in the industry for how long? 15 years, maybe? Something like that? 16. 16, 16 years. years. Yeah. 16 years. Lots of experience, US and Canada. So we'll get a little perspective yeah. maybe on both those. And uh, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, Chris, tell us a bit about who you are and what your story is in real estate. Sure. Um, first of all, when you said high level content, I don't know how high level I'm going to be, but <laughs> uh, no, I've been in business 16 years. I was in from Stony Creek, Ontario, uh, where I reside now, but I went down to Houston after university and got into commercial real estate there and um, was very heavy on the investing side. On the commercial side, we also owned a lot of um, uh, multiple dozens of, of homes as well, but I really focused on uh, small neighborhood shopping centers, uh, office buildings and stuff like that. I really enjoyed the commercial space when I was investing. That was um, kind of my, my passion at the time and being a, a young, guy not married at the time and no kids it was kind of that was my only goal was to kind of build that up and I didn't really have much of a much of a foundation uh, other than all I knew is I just wanted to go and be quote-unquote successful and live that American dream and, and when I was in Houston it was um, an amazing opportunity for me to grow as a person as a human being I got married to my wife who was from I met her at Brock University in St. Catharines Ontario End up, she ended up moving down there with me for some reason. I got lucky enough to convince her to do that. And then um, even convinced her to marry me. And next week will be our 10-year wedding anniversary. And we had a kid down there. So we had our, our daughter, Sienna. And a ton of stuff happened down there. But it would take me an hour to talk about that. But my mother-in-law passed away when my wife was um, seven months pregnant with, with our firstborn, with our daughter. And that kind of started to shift our mindset. Well, for me personally, around what was really important and the whole money and success aspect wasn't uh, wasn't very fulfilling. And I, I found that out pretty quick. And when um, when I came to that realization, I realized I really wanted to be back in Canada. And so we came back uh, actually six years ago uh, last week. It was exactly six years ago. And my plan was to take a year or two off, have another kid, and we we're going to re not retire like you know, basically go and just enjoy the fruits of our labor from down south and kind of just uh, that lasted all of about two weeks because I was like, I can't do that. I'm way too bored not doing anything. And so I got my real estate license in Canada. I'd worked. It was easy for me to come back because I had my broker's license. I have my own brokerage down in Texas. So coming back, all I had to do was write basically two two exams and it was good, which I've heard that's changed now for people. So that's not the best for them. <laughs> but um, long story short, uh, we got with Keller Williams. They just actually, they weren't even open, I don't think, um, when I onboarded. I think it was still in that uh, incubation phase, as that was, that was called. Um, anyways, kind of what you're doing right now. And uh, yeah, got with them, wasn't planning to do much. And then um, I really realized like how much I enjoyed residential real estate. Because I was, I was a finance major. I love numbers. I'm a huge spreadsheet nerd. It's kind of what I do for fun. And I realized that residential real estate was just something that I could impact the lives of so many people. And my growth as a human being, I really found out my mission has changed quite a bit over the last, say, 10 years. But I've really honed it into to what it, what it is today. And really, it comes down to is helping other people. So 
Uh, that was again, six years ago, we started this team almost exactly four years ago. I started to kind of grow a, a team from just being a single agent by myself with an admin with Valerie. And then from there, we've, uh, we've grown to what we are today, which is we have, uh, seven, uh, salespeople. We have four full-time admin and myself. So it's a very small tight-knit team um, and we do that for uh, on purpose I should say and we're very specific on our growth because my, my plan is to go deep before we go wide and again whether that's right or not I have no idea however it's worked out so far and we're extremely profitable and um, the one thing I'm, I guess I'm most proud of with our team is that uh, we just did the numbers yesterday and our average GCI this is average for our people so far this year is $147,000 so that was that's average and we still have three months left so really really excited to I, I'm not the one changing people's lives but basically um, Diana Kokoska said one time to me when I thanked her and I get people on our team thanking me all the time I said well she told me she goes oh honey you're welcome but I didn't do anything I just gave you the the environment to grow into and I was like you're making me feel grateful about being grateful for you. Like, come on, like she's just that kind of per person, right? So um, I haven't done anything, but I think we've been able to give people the environment to to grow and actually um, grow themselves first. Your business grows to the extent that you do. And I don't know if I'm going long here, but really what I'm trying to do is build an environment where people can really grow into their potential that that may they may not have seen before they got here, which sounds super cheesy, but that's, you know I me, mean, that's kind of, who I am. It's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cheesy, but it's it's, it's great. You, you created the platform, the environment for everyone. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. So um, let's go back to your quickly go over the, the on the brokerage side when you were running the brokerage. Did you have a much of a team there, or what did your team look like at that point? No, it's, it was awesome because I barely managed anybody. It was myself. I told my wife like I would just leave the house every day and just be like, "How do I?" It, that sounds so. I go from cheesy to like so. Sorry, say douchey, but so douchey. It's like, how can I make more money today? Like no underlying reason other than the fact that I grew up not poor, but kind of poor. Um, I shouldn't say poor. We always had food on the table. Grew up wanting or seeing more. And that was my whole thing. I was like, that's going to make me happy. And so at the most, we had, I think I had like two agents that was just like, do this stuff that I don't want to do, which is terrible. No, like no guidance, no structure. And you can see what happened with that brokerage. It, it basically a brokerage like small team at the most we had seven people and it was awesome people a lot of fun and i treated it like much like i would a hockey team with keeping everybody motivated but there was no real investment of of myself personally obviously of of money and kind of doing the stuff that we need to do but like for myself um if i'm not putting myself out there I didn't, you get what you put out and i didn't really put much into it so and I, this is kind of funny but like the last two years i was down there i would like I'd literally get in my truck and I'd go drive around to all our properties. And on one side of Houston, we owned a shopping center with a Mexican food restaurant. So I'd go there for about 11 after I'd work out in the morning, hang out with the family. Um, I'd go there and I'd have like a tequila and like a taco and the boys, they, they love me over there because they're just open up. I go see all the tenants there and I'd drive by like all the kind of big areas where we had lots of property. And then I'd, by the end of the day, I'd end up on the far side of Houston, which we had another shopping center with another Mexican food restaurant. And I'd like, I just eat dinner there <laughs> or my pre-dinner and then I'd come back. So the brokerage down there was basically me just getting stupidly lucky in life and just doing whatever I wanted to. So absolutely zero structure. It was a lot of fun though. A lot of fun. So yeah, I had to, had a, obviously smaller team up, up and down, not really building a big team there, but you came no. out of that coming back home, I guess to Stony Creek area, Hamilton here in Ontario. And you, uh, at the start, didn't have a team necessarily, but you were, you know, crushing out, I guess, in terms of sales from an individual standpoint. And then what was the, what triggered you to want to, what triggered you to like, or forced you maybe to go build a team um, to where it is now? What was the, what was the uh, reason for that mainly? There's, there's a few things about that. And uh, so when I, I came back to KW and like people didn't know me or came back to Canada and then joined the cable and nobody knew who I was. I wasn't like, I'm not very like, look at me. I did this for 10 years or whatever. But it was awesome because I, you know, you can kind of like, you ever go to like somewhere where you can just be yourself. And I felt like when I, when I left Canada, I had this kind of thing about being a hockey player and really not much else. Um, that went to Houston, became this person that I actually really wanted 
started to want to become, right? It was becoming the man I wanted to become as a father at that time. Um, and I really had some values. So when I came back, I kind of, I would take everything and I always come as a beginner's mindset. Um, so one thing I think that's helped me become somewhat successful is always just come in like you know nothing because you're always learn something from somebody. It doesn't matter if it's the janitor or the CEO. So I came back and actually, uh, hopefully Ian sees this because I, I, I've thanked him probably once a year for this. I did um, I did Ignite with, with KW, which I think everybody should do regardless of brokerage. I think it's a huge opportunity to learn. And again, being in the business for 10 years, kind of knew how to do stuff, but like coming back and getting back to fundamentals is really cool. And he said, oh, how many deals do you want to do this year? I'm like, I don't know, 24 would be good if I can do that. And, you know, I still had some stuff down south and I didn't really need to, to work too hard and it was really, really comfortable. And we all know that growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable. So he's like, oh, that's all you want to do. Eh? And I'm like, Who the who's this guy? You know, he had this big mountain of a man just chirping. I'm like, I don't even know this guy. I'm like, oh, whatever. And then I, it stuck with me, right? And I'm like, am I really not living up to my potential? And it kind of stuck with me. So I was like, screw it. Let me see what I can do. And in that first year, I did um, 58 deals on my own. And, and that was a cool thing because I, I had to start from like door knock. Nobody knew me. I came back to my hometown thinking, yeah, see this big homecoming. I knew my parents. That was about it. And like one buddy that stayed in Stony Creek. So it wasn't really um, as fruitful as I thought it was going to be. But um, the, what did you do to get those 58 deals? That's that's pretty that's a big number out of, out of the gate. Kind of starting from scratch and, and, and for the most part, right? What was the key to that? Because that's, that's a pretty big number for most people. Yeah. So... Again, um, I pretty I think like everybody, everyone's got an ego. Whether it's like you you shot you're shy because you don't want to be embarrassed, or you're that guy that's like bragging about everything. I'm never like brag or anything, but I um, I was almost like my first thought was I've done this before. I remember said like I was like I was gonna go just retire for a few years and go kind of do something, and I was like that is not if you want to do something and you're starting from scratch, it doesn't matter what you did before. It's what, what have you done today? And that was a really cool thing that I, I think I took from that whole move coming back was like, I had all this stuff set up down. There's amazing life. And I don't say retired, but like we didn't, I didn't, we were kind of like retired. We didn't really work too much. Right. That was great. It was a lot of fun after a lot of, a lot of hard work. Right. So we'd done all that. And I'd worked for uh, the one, uh, story I have is I worked for 214 days straight for like 14 hours a day during the recession. I made zero dollars in real estate and like the hard work I put in to grow this thing. So when I came back, I had to really look at myself in the mirror and be like, we moved back for a purpose for a reason. It was to be in your family and to have a bigger purpose. And I just said, screw it, put my ego aside. And I, I door knocked in the middle, like before I had my my license. I was sending stuff out to our neighbors. I, I, it's terrible to say, but like I, <laughs> um, but I just went out there and I talked to people every single day. And I, I look back and I show our, our team members again, leading by example. Uh, I have uh, my first, it was 2014. So I just got my, my uh, license. I was, we hadn't finished building our house yet. So I was like living in my parents' basement with my wife and kid in the same house I grew up with 30 some odd years ago. And I was making these calls and I have it still documented in our database. And I tell everybody, like, if you want to build something, you have to do what other people aren't willing to do. And I have this one great story of this guy. It was about $170,000 worth ago. So it was about a three-year turnaround time before I talked to him on December 23rd, 2014, to when he transacted and sold another house in the lake. Uh, we sold a house that this, these people that bought his place. And there's a bunch of different transactions. I said, like, if you're willing to put your ego aside and just do these things that nobody really wants to do. I'm thinking, I remember the exact moment because I was in my parents' basement in the room that I like, I moved the basement. I was like 13 or something like that. Like, like where I was a kid in this little desk that I used when I was a kid in school. And I'm like this man trying to make phone calls and it's dark and it's cold and it's the two days before Christmas. And I remember thinking to myself like, what the hell am I doing? But then I just quickly got away from that. And just said, screw it every single day. But I guess like I, I did in Houston. It was like every day I wake up, leave the dorm. Like, what am I going to do to move myself and my business forward? So that was what I did. And I, I door knocked, I cold called. I just followed up like crazy. And the one thing I noticed at um, the brokerages, and, I, and this isn't anything bad about it, but I noticed that a lot of people would just, oh, that's it for today. That's like, I'm going home today. And I remember being in, remember we were at Medcalf's office 
uh, I was in the basement of, of that little thing. And like, I'd be there till 10, 11 o'clock at night and didn't have an assistant. So I was doing everything myself, but I really do believe that that first year I came back, if I didn't have that mindset, I, there's no way we'd be here right now because it wouldn't have built from that. So it's every single day taking that step forward. Um, and that's what I really think success is. Like if you're growing every single day, well, you're going to get to some certain level, but it doesn't really matter. Cause as soon as you get there, you're going to want to take that next step. So to answer your question around our long roundabout way is that I just did things that other people were maybe doing, but weren't willing to go deeper in and create those relationships. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then uh, obviously you probably, sense? yeah, you probably instilled a lot of that into your team members, I, I would assume. And, and it's probably one of the reasons why they're succeeding. Um, what's the, what's the look like now then? So you just came back. That's 20, what's that? 2013, 14, 2014. 2014. <clears throat> and yeah. you're on your own. So I'd had a great first year all, all on your own, right? For the first year yeah. for a year ish. And then, so 20, what a year, year and a half, two years in, you start hiring some people. Well, about halfway through that year, I got a call from this guy and, um, still great guys, not with me anymore. We, I had to basically fire him because we weren't aligned in, in, uh, after, after a while, but anyways, so hired him and uh, we started doing like a lot of like we we're trending for upwards of a hundred by the end of that year. Uh, like that's what we would be doing for the next year. Right. And so then I went to bold twice that bold. year. Another two. Uh, what's that? What's bold? Oh, bold's the something I've I know you bold's a big part of your, your <laughs> life and it's kind of something you, you really uh, enjoy going to yeah. and, like, over and over. Right. So I, just most people might not know what it is. So. Oh, so Bold's an eight-week. Um, uh, the original Bold was a um, a conditioning course. It wasn't a real estate course. And I really do believe in that, where um, it teaches you the, the habits and the mindset of be, do, have. Who are you becoming to do the things that are going to make you have that? And that's basically the the, the basis of of what of building who you are and who you want to be. So that, that was an eight week course. I took that twice in the first two years. I took Ignite as well. So those two things, those three things were huge. Get me in the KW culture. That's where I met you for the first time, which was incredible um, as well. And uh, they said about uh, hire a maps coach. And so, and this was in the fall. So that it was like the full, first full year of me being in the business. So I'm like, screw it. I need a coach or something. And I'm like, I always, I've had a coach before, like down South, obviously a business coach. And I invested in that because we made some pretty good money. Actually, looking back, it'd probably be way more profitable and fun if you're just by yourself <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so I hired this coach and the first call I had for her, she's like, okay, I see everything. You need to hire an assistant. I'm like, I don't have a place to put her. I don't even know. Like, uh, She's like, do it. I want you to have a, uh, three candidates by next week. And if you know anything about me, if you tell me to do something, it's going to get done. I'm going to drop everything and do it. So three days later, I, uh, I, oh, so this is in, in, in January. So I hired her at the end of old two into December. And in January, that was our first call. And then, so the next week she calls and um, she's like, well, how's it going? You know, you, you were supposed to look for some space. You're supposed to give me a few options for office space. And you're supposed to give me three candidates. And I'm like, well, um, I'm in my office, which was, at Loeffler's office, it was that that little closet <laughs> that Valerie ran. So like, I got a space and I hired I hired an assistant. And she's like, "What? The, you did nothing that I told you to do. You you were supposed to like we we're supposed to vet this and kind of make a plan." I'm like, "Plan was done. You told me what to do. I did." And she's like, "Okay, awesome." So from that, I think it was Brittany Brand or Brittany um, Purcell. It was her name. She was incredible. Little little Southern Georgia peach and her little uh, what do you call it? Um, a southern accent it was hilarious like just listening to her because it reminded me of being in texas and so um we're going we're going like the first quarter's done took bold again and we're doing phenomenal on pace for 100 kind of where we want to be and i'm like that's perfect if i can make the thing was if i can make 500 grand not work too hard that's what i want to do so she asked me this question she's like so what's what's next what what's our next hire what are we gonna do i'm like let's hire <laughs> i'm like super comfortable and i'm good i'm this is Pretty much, I'm. Uh, I worked hard for a year. I'm done. I'm not I'm done. I'm like I'm. I want to just coast her a bit. And she goes, I'm gonna swear a little bit here, but she goes, uh, she goes, oh, that's great, that's great. Um, you know what that sounds like? It sounds pretty fucking selfish to me. And, and her little southern accent. And I'm like, what? We talked about like this is. I've worked hard. She goes, 
this was this is probably one of the most eye-opening things. This thing I, I love about a coach, especially having a maps coach. She's like, so what I'm hearing is that you've got everything that you want. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what else do I need? She goes, so you're willing to limit the opportunity and potential for the other people that got you there. And at that time, we had Val and I think Patty and like another assistant and Mark, the other guy that worked with. And as soon as she said, like, limiting other people's potential opportunity, I was like, I like a light, you know, those like amazing moments in your life. I was like, that one was like, son of a bitch. That's what I've been missing. Mine. Like, that's what I've been searching for. Because when I came back to Canada, I told Lisa, I'm like, my wife, I said, we've, we had some pretty cool success. Like for most people, it'd be like, that was amazing. Um, but for me, it was like, it was awesome. It was a great experience. And it wasn't like fulfilled. So I was like, I want to build something that's more than just what we're doing. Because as fun as it was, it wasn't like, invigorating to again not some cheese my heart and my soul so i told lisa that the year before and then when Brittany, my coach said that to me i was like ah, you got me you, you got me totally got me that's what you pay for them for right that's 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 the value and sometimes it's those little tiny moments right but it's such a big big game changer for you obviously that was a game changer for your whole direction in in your business right and, and life i guess probably in some way for my life and i've told her that several times i've thanked her uh profuse i was just like well because now my mission if you want to get in that stuff but like my mission literally written down in my success planner is to be the best version of myself every single day so that i can show up a hundred percent to everyone else that i i connect with so they can live their best lives personally spiritually financially in their relationships and that Honestly, that was like a uh, wow, kind of not a direction changing, but like a narrowing of direction. You know, when you, you're you're younger, you start off like I just I want it all. You don't you don't know what to do or what you want. You're just like ah, and then you kind of I think as we not maybe an age, but as we get more experiences, I've had been very fortunate. Have some like when I tell people like my full story, they're like, "There's no way that's real." I'm like, "Yeah, like it's crazy." But all those experience kind of narrowed down to what was really important and it's always changing and probably change as I, <clears throat> as I grow. But that was that, that was the moment going back to your question from like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> that was the moment that I was like, damn, I got a, my fulfillment in life doesn't come from others, which is another huge learning point I learned over the last you know four years, not from seeing others succeed or the success or happiness of others, but building an environment, creating an environment, from what I can do, which is the only thing I can control is my, um, again, being the best version of myself every single day. So it allows others to grow into that. And if they take that opportunity, if, they, if it makes sense to them, they can. And I watch them flourish. It's, it's again, cheesy as hell, but it's, it's, that's my passion. I don't <laughs> even think I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just say a whole bunch of cheesy stuff and it's, it's, it's awesome though. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I, a couple, there's so many big things in there. I think people can take away, especially the, clarity on your why that you you were able to to ramble that off without having to you know i know you said your piece of papers there but you didn't even have to look at it which is obviously you've, you've gone deep on that and and uh, kind of trained uh, yourself to to live every day with that and that's your Super. personal that's your personal mission I, i'm sure you have that in you know as part of your team and your team uh, values is everything as well right there you go yeah it's written so, down i look at it every single day which is again most people don't want to do and if you ask me yeah. 10 15 years ago I'd be like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard however it builds that direction, right? Well, and if you know which direction up. you're going, you know where to go. And it helps you show up like the best, like you want to show up every day, right? And obviously that that filters out into your team and how they show up to to the clients, to the to the world, right? So I think that's obviously Absolutely. part of the part of the environment that you've created, which you touched on at the beginning, being a huge key to that is, is that environment that you're uh, you're helping to create for everyone to to thrive in, right? Absolutely. So what sort of, uh, so now you got the team, um, fast forward a few years, what, what kind of production are you guys going to do just to give some clarity on, on what you're, you know, everyone's doing 147 case at average so far today, which is amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm most proud of. And right now in terms of volume, we're at 112 million, um, in terms of transactional volume, that's, uh, closed and pending like for the full, calendar year where our goal is 130 i we better smash that you're because that. yeah you're gonna pass that you're gonna be up high hundreds probably right 200 even 
No, no, I don't, I don't think so. That's uh, so we have three months left. Um, I'm if we reach 150, I'd be 150, yeah. If we reach 150, I would be that would be incredible. That'd be really cool. So we're at uh, G. Oh, sorry, 113. I'm looking at right now. Uh, we're at 2.4, 2.428. That's almost 2. Point, yeah, 2.4 in GCI. And the cool thing about that, like our cost of sale, our, our splits right now are 950. So between the, I was looking around our, our team meeting on Monday. I'm like this, like we have like family and we're back in the office now, which I don't know how much time you guys took off, but we, we basically took six months out of the office. So we're, I'm looking around and look at these people. and I'm just like, man, like so proud. I'm telling you, like, look at what we've done with such a small group because it's not even fact that it's small. It's more of um, when people buy into something, they, they create a life for themselves and for everyone else around them by leading by example. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so your, what is your, um, do I have that right? If your cost of sales roughly 40%, is that kind of in the right range? Yep. Yeah, so our cost of sales is usually higher than most because we don't really spend money on marketing. I mean, we do. We spend a sh ton, but like comparatively speaking, if you're looking at the MRA model, uh, we've offset our cost of sale because my compensation model, which keeps everybody extremely profitable, including myself, obviously I don't do this for free, uh, but then also we've taken that marketing and actually went down a bit, um, which is what we're kind of creating um, or trying to create with our our team members is that we want them to build actual businesses based on we don't go lead generating we go uh, relationship hunting and i find that one relationship a deep again going deep as opposed to going wide is more fulfilling for both parties um service is better and on a, a selfish level that that relationship's worth much more on a deeper level than like we said going seven levels deeper and everything and you've again through bold really understanding the value of one one really good client with referrals is literally multiples of millions of dollars. If you really make it the way they do is a billion dollars, right? So we've been able to, I think, teach and, and kind of grow our, um, our relationships. And just like our business grows to the extent that you do, your relationships grow to the extent that you do, your, your health, your wellness grows to the extent that you do. I think our business grows to the extent that our relationships do. So. I think I, I think I heard you say once you had a, a client that uh, maybe it was an open house or something, and it's turned into what like some something like twenty or thirty deals or, or referrals or you know basically deals at the end of the day, right? Um, yeah. That story? Uh, yeah. There was oh, I had there was one that that changed my life. So I was um, this is, again going a little bit further than most people kind of going back. I was in Houston during the recession. I did an open house for somebody because like nobody's doing anything. It didn't make a cent in almost in almost a full year. In real estate most people didn't because it was nothing was happening because i was in commercial commercial just like <laughs> residential went down commercial was a disaster like it was it was nuts um saw a lot of people lose a lot which was terrible um but that one person went open house i was about to leave and i was supposed to be because we had a 12 to 4 there not 2 to 4 so I'm there for four hours hot as hell these guys are, it's a beautiful down there, seven hundred thousand square or seven hundred thousand uh, dollar beautiful home, which would be like four million bucks here. Um, nobody was buying these things during the recession, right? And this gated community. I had one person come through as a neighbor the, at the beginning. At the end was somebody that um, that came through. I was about to leave. I'm like, I can leave early. I was like getting ready to pack up, but I stayed. That person turned into a life changing opportunity for me, where we did multiple deals. It was like two hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of income over the next 18 months, which again, for a young person, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you unless I had, I think it was little moments. I think they all add little by little, a little becomes a lot, but that was a little moment that turned into, um, I still get referrals from this person too. So, and I'm like, I don't live, I don't live in Fresno or, or, uh, or Dallas. But he's like, yeah, do you know anybody in Dallas? Or can you help my buddy in Dallas? I'm like, yeah, no, I can't, but I can refer him to somebody else. So. <laughs> so think about like, referrals, never right? You never yeah. know where that's going to come from, right? That one, that one connection, that one relationship. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I always think you treat people like a five-star prospect or seven-star prospect until they prove otherwise, right? That's kind of how I how I try and think of it. You never know. Sometimes we go ups and downs um, with how we're doing that, but uh, yeah, great points there. So yeah, let's um, well, let's go on to your team uh, structure and like what you do with your team week to week, day to day sort of thing. What does it look like? How do you actually lead these people? Because you got now what ten people, give or take? Is that the right number yeah so we got 
13 altogether myself 13 four, four, yeah, four, 13. Uh, four kind of on the mid side and then uh, and then the rest yep. of the agents so yep. what's it look like we, well first of all you said back uh back a few months ago you said um first of all you hired your first admin in about a day so that was probably maybe maybe you got lucky with that i know val's awesome actually we're gonna have her on next week to talk a little more on that side of it but um probably not the necessarily the right way to hire people to just go find that that person in line but it worked out so um maybe that's that's a good, yeah a good i wouldn't say for most people I, yeah for most people it wouldn't work out i'm like this is terrible i'm just supposed to go through career visioning and everything and i i, I know you're supposed to and we, we have we've gone a lot deeper however when i'm i'm very selective on who i bring into my family and if you're part of Knight Real Estate Advisors, my last name is Knight, has nothing to do with the team. I don't, this isn't my team, it's our team together. Each person on here is, has an ownership of this. And as we grow, we all grow this ownership or family together. That's the way I like to look at it. And I've always brought people in. I've changed my mindset around this quite a bit because I always want to help people. I'm that guy who wants to like pick up a, I, when I was a kid, I used to bring home like birds and cats and stuff like that and want to foster them. I don't know, I'm thinking, I'm sick in the head. But like, I'd be doing that with these people and it wasn't working at all. Like, because obviously you can't, that was again my shift in, in, in mindset. Like, I can't base my happiness, my success on other people. I have to base on the fact that I can be the best version of myself, give them the opportunity to grow into it. And so, Someone like Val, we clicked very quick. Like I hate her and love her every single day. She's like a sister to me. Like I literally, I love her. Like she's is she's family to me, just like everybody else on the team. And so I don't suggest doing that, but I'm more of one. Like I make a decision, and go with it. Now I've been very um, purposeful on the onboarding side of it, where especially during COVID, I, as you probably had way more than me, but a lot of people reach out and want to join our team. I have like five minute conversation. I know if I want to have them on or part of my life or not. Right. And that's again, probably not the best way to do it, but what we've done uh, is really change our onboarding process to vet and not waste a lot of time. So that onboarding is basically kind of going through the, the career visioning, especially the first two weeks, we have a two week shadowing shadowing period. And if they got to that point, there's a reason why I have them there. But a lot of times it's, you find out if they want, if they really want it or not. So, Going back to the question about our structure, we have Valerie, who's been with me since, actually, I hired her on my birthday, January 11th, 2015, so, um, or 16, 16, yeah, 16, sorry. Yeah, almost five years, yeah. Yeah, so five, four and a half years, and um, she's actually started her own coaching company as well, again, giving somebody the, the ability and opportunity to thrive in that environment. Um, and I have the same thing for, as I'm sure you do too, you probably do a lot higher level and give people that are, are working with you, not for you, the opportunity to build their own businesses around that. Like Shannon, who's a listing manager, like she, we've done 130 some odd listings. Like she's busy as hell. She needs to start growing out her role and her kind of team underneath her. Uh, Montana is our transaction coordinator. And then Megan, who is our, uh, she is our marketing director, does all of our marketing. Um, so we have that on the mid side, Val manages them. On the buyer side, uh, during COVID, or right, actually when COVID started, we hired Justin, uh, started April 1st as our VP of buyer sales and talk about somebody who's changed their life in like, an incredible way. Like just, I, I, I look at him and I'm just in awe of what he's been able to do for his own life. Not like business money is one thing, but like personally, uh, be do have growing himself first, amazing. So he's running the buyer team and he's taking over kind of those one-on-ones whatnot. And myself, I'm still um, highly in production, like especially over COVID, we got rid of one of our listing specialists, not in a bad way. We we didn't uh, lay anybody off, but we let go of three people that just weren't able to produce in that environment, which again, is not something I want to create. Uh, I don't want anything to hold our team back. So I've, I stepped back into production a ton in um, during COVID. And I'm slowly kind of working on, again, I love doing the business, but it's more of I'm too much on my plate. I just want to be like you when I grew up, Sandy, and, and not do that, but focus on building the business. Um, so right now it's myself and I lead uh, Henry and Daniela, our two amazing listing specialists. So I think you really, kind of enjoy, I, you really enjoy the listing side of it. I think anyways, right. I mean, I, personally, to be honest, I, I just, I'm, I, love I don't people, think I'm that man. good at it and I, I, and I don't do it, but you, you love it and you're good at it. So yeah, you love people. That's, I think to a pro and a con, I think we've talked about that before is just, you know, you, you almost, you've probably learned yeah, about that. Yours is you almost go too deep with some people, team members that maybe don't want it themselves enough. Right. 
Yeah, so this is a big thing for me as a leader. Like, I've always been a natural leader, even though I've, I've never felt like one. Like, I mean, hockey and stuff like that, I've always been captains of teams, everything, people kind of look up to you, whatever. Um, but again, my ego and uh, lack of self, I don't say lack of self-esteem, but I'm, I think most people, you kind of like don't believe in yourself. People aren't believing you more. Um, that's your ego just saying that, you know, you don't want to, you want to look good and be right. So um, I've always been in this leadership role and I didn't really know how to do it. And it's obviously, it's a, it's a, it's an art and a science, an amazing thing to kind of hone in if you're always growing, get to be better at. So when I came back to Canada, I wanted to help other people. I went from just helping myself like on this side of the spectrum, like Chris, 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 you know, people play fantasy football, whatever. I've never done that. Cause I was like, I'm like fantasy Chris's life. So I can like do whatever I want. And it's pretty cool. Cause it got to this like certain thing, but I'm like every day I can look at my net worth statement or what I have, or what's going on. That's kind of like my fantasy football, right? Again, I love spreadsheets. So that's what I do. Then when I came back to Canada, like after doing like, I told you the story, like I think before, like when I'm, uh, I reached every single financial goal I ever put out in, for myself in life by the time I was 30 and it was awesome. And then it sucked because everything I put out to, that I wanted to achieve, I did it. And it was like just this big hole in my heart. Probably when I went from more of a douchebag to super cheesy like I am now. <laughs> and so I went from just wanting to look after myself to when I came back to Canada, I was like, all I want is to see other people succeed and help other people, which again is very noble and altruistic. However, they're through learning and being really down from people not wanting it as much as that, because I see potential in every single person, but it's really up to them whether they feed into that potential. They're the seed, so to speak. And I like to give them the environment, the pot and the soil and the sunlight and the, uh, and the water. That seed is the one growing, right? So I was like, I went from here all about myself to all the other people that I had to kind of merge the two and be like, I need to take care of myself first and then other people will grow and be attracted to that environment. And when they do, it's amazing. If they don't, that's okay too, because I've done everything each day to be sure that I'm doing everything I can. And that's the only thing I can really can control. So that was a big, long process of, of kind of growing up, but it wasn't only until about two years ago that my mission really changed from my mission when I was down south was make a shit ton of money. When I came back was to make other people happy, almost like in a like a sick servant type of way. Now it's more of be do have be be the best version of myself so I can do these things so I can have that mission which is helping other people. So it really comes to myself first. Does that make sense? Totally, totally, yeah. And dive deep by yourself. I mean, <laughs> be do have right. It's, it's that's it's the quickest version to say it is. is your business grows to the extent that you do. I know you believe that and you obviously are uh, living proof of that. And um, so what about on the team side of it and you're doing this week to week, what, are, what kind of meetings and stuff are you running to lead the, lead these people? Obviously there, yeah. there's some sort of meetings you do regularly. What does that look like? So on Mondays, what we do is that's my jam packed day. It's our buffer day for everybody. Buffer day, like in the entrepreneurial time system. Um, so I have a leadership check-in with Justin Valerie, uh, 8.30. And while I'm doing that, our listing team has a listing inventory check-in. So they do their calculations, see where our listing inventory is at. So we can kind of predict the future, which has been amazing. And then I step into our listing team Monday check-in where we go over all of our new listings, sold listings, kind of just discussion half an hour about what's going on so we can prepare then after that, um, I have uh, our one-on-ones with our, our listings listing teams. So they kind of just make sure we're doing not the high-level stuff, but really coming down to fundamentals, what's going on in their lives to help us review last week, what are we going to do this week. And then we have our kind of Monday morning meeting, which is our all-team meeting, where we have that. And then we have what's called a wig session, our wildly important goals, where whole team, we go in and we discuss everything from, we always celebrate our deals from last week. Um, Tracking where we're at in terms of our numbers, our, our quarterly goals, uh, open houses, a huge thing for us that we kind of coordinate as well. Just stuff that's happening, basically going over everything we need to do and prepare for the week. And then after that, we have a half an hour for our wig session, which we track you know, where our deals are, which is great, but that has nothing to do without the appointments. And I fundamentally believe that our business is built on follow-up and appointments. And if you've seen anything about the like, success strategy we have, it all comes down to 
on the what, what you need to do is follow-ups and appointments. So we track appointments, and then we also talk about inventory numbers, and we can kind of predict what's going to happen through our business. And, and we have a, a predictable business, which makes makes it way way easier. Um, and that's pretty much it, other than uh, every other day or almost every day, I check in with Val just to make sure everything's good, because we do run several different businesses together. Um, and then on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we have what's called NATO, New Agent Training and Onboarding. We have a pretty specific system on how to and how we onboard people. And right now I have one one gentleman in onboarding. So that's that's pretty much what it looks like in terms of Oh, and then we have sorry, we have our we have our coaching calls, um a coaching call on Thursday, which mean uh, I'm with the listing team and myself and Justin, and then Justin does his call with the buyers team. That's about it. Cool. So, and, uh, and a lot of that stuff is in person. I know maybe, you know, given the time, maybe a little different, but in general, is a lot of that in person or is it uh, over the phone or what's it typically look like in a perfect world? It was, it, it's always in person, except for our coach. We coach in Marianne that uh, it's over zoom. Everything went to zoom for a while there, obviously. So sorry. I was getting calls coming through my headset. Um, we like to do everything in person. I, I still feel that if you are, um, if you're engaging with somebody, the best way to do is face to face. So we still do that quite a bit. But again, if, if it's if somebody's like not able to um, to meet up, we will do it over Zoom for sure. So uh, you know, a lot of people running teams or thinking about running teams. You know, I think that some of their some of their fears or some of their uh, maybe um, things they need to work on is, is their value proposition and why someone really would want to join their world. And it's not typically, you know, I see on the top teams, it's not typically because they want to get a bunch of leads. And that might be a component to it, but I feel a lot of people, um, you know, maybe have a bit of a misunderstanding of what they're buying into. Why, why would someone really join your team? What ultimately is the reason, and what are the types of people that are kind of successful in your in your environment? I, you know what? That's that's a great question because I, I, I said I know within the first five minutes if I want someone to join my team, if they come in and say like, "What's your splits and what are the leads like?" I'm like, you know what? Probably not for you. Great to meet you because it's so much more than that. And if you have a when people are coming into a team, if you can teach them how to, my whole thing is not it's not a sales job. You're not can they're just crushing. Call. And again, this is this is just the way I run it. I don't know if it's right. Who the hell knows? That's probably not. But I don't want them to just go out there crushing calls and say doing deals and everything. That's part of it, right? My big thing is if you can fundamentally change somebody's their 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 why and their how, like the be do have. If you can change not change who they are, but make sure that they're being a better version of themselves and actually run a business that's based on if if night and real estate advisors fold tomorrow for whatever reason, I want to be able to make sure of taking this person and say, hey, you can go out and do it on your own. Because that's that's the business. I want them to all be business owners because as we move together in this environment with our team, we're growing together, not not separately from each other. We're actually growing and meshing together in what it is we do. And if we do that, the opportunities are bigger. Um, the the learning curve is flattened immensely for especially newer agents. Um, they make more money. They're more profitable. And they have an actual business around them. And if they want to go and, and, and recreate that, they can. But I've, anyone that's kind of left our team, they're never going to recreate what we have because it's taken, you know, 16 years of, of me getting to this spot with them. And what it really comes down to is incredible opportunity, uh, personally, financially, and in their growth as a business owner. I think that's the biggest thing. When people can see beyond two feet in front of their face, and I have a 20-year vision for each person I talk to. Um, might not be their vision, but I can kind of see where I would like to see them to go. And if we can meet together in the middle to really make them the best version of themselves, that's really, I think what draws people to our team. And it's not for everybody. I got people all the time. Like, I just want to, you know, give me leads and all that stuff. I'm like, great. We don't give people leads the first nine days in our team. And I'm, I think you kind of do the same thing, um, where yeah, you have to basically show that you're able to build a foundation. I don't want salespeople. I Sounds terrible. I don't want salespeople. I want people that are going to be in line with my vision and our, our core values on our team that are, again, we don't lead generate. We hunt for relationships and having that helps them build a better life for themselves, their clients, and build a sustainable business because leads come and go and different lead sources and also the BS with 
with what's happening on, but if you have relationships, they've you have a business that you don't sounds terrible but like it, it it's it's your it's your bank right if you make deposits you're gonna get that back eventually so yeah it's so, uh it's a huge thing one thing one thing you've learned that you would have done differently growing the team and and uh in your you know last five six years growing it what, what would be something you would have done differently that you wish you knew at the time uh come work for you that way i have to do all this other <laughs> crap i'm just joking Likewise. um uh <laughs> No, um, what would I have done differently? That's a loaded question for me because, like, no, I would never like I, I everything well, what, you what, did what, got what, you to what, where you are. I agree. I agree. What would you have? What would you do if you were doing it again? And you would like you would have done it a little differently because you knew, you know, what you know now. You know, something around, um, no, a, a failure, I guess, some sort of a failure there that you uh, that you learned from less investment in people before they invested in themselves um and it's not there's I think there's nothing wrong with that like I, you know I, my wife's a cat person i'm a dog person not like we love cats and dogs we both love dogs cats whatever um but like i'm the dog like she's a cat like i'll come to you when i'm ready and then you can pet me and then i'm gonna go do my own thing where i'm like hey what's going on like come on pet my butt type thing i'm always like i want some people dig that other people are like Chris, you're you're crazy. It's just leaving me alone. Like I want to always bring people up because I, I maybe want things for them that they may not want, which again, I might put, project my expectations on them because this is what I see. But not everybody wants that. So that was one thing that I really had to realize that my wife tells me this all the time, Chris. Not everybody's you. They're not going to want what you want or communicate that you want, and. Um, I think what came down to for me is having more, I wouldn't say empathy, but more recognition of the fact that you don't need to um, take people that are square pegs and try to shove them into a round hole where that saying is, because if they're the right fit, it becomes easy. And it's about finding the right people as opposed to making them the right people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's, it's tough for, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to get in your head that not everyone's thinking the same way as you are, um, about certain situations and everything. And I yeah. think that's something that's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to realize that, right. Cause you're, you're in your own world at times, but, uh, everyone's got different perspective, different past experiences to lead to where they are today. And they're just, you know, they're doing the best version of them, but it might not be what you would see the best version of them looking like. Right. And it's, 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 I just like the fact that they got to buy in before you buy in. I think that's a good, great point to, to keep in mind. Um, Cause if they're not buying in and you're just buying in on them, you're just throwing away time and effort yeah. on your part. Right. Um, let's do one more on, uh, on, on, uh, on this. Absolutely. And uh, I think it comes down to. Uh, oh, oh. Taking way too much time. eh? <laughs> Sorry. I can talk. All good. All good. All good. Let's do one more on, um, on, on this, on the team thing. What, if someone's out there listening to this and they want to think and they're thinking about bailing a team or they're thinking about, uh, you know, going down that road, because you mentioned at the start, which is, you know, I, I think it was kind of jokingly, but it is, it is very profitable to run your own sales business with minimal or, or no leverage there. But what would be the reason that someone should go about, about building their own team or growing the team they already have to, uh, you know, to where you are or beyond? So my big thing for that is really understand your why and what it is you're doing. Cause I get a lot of people that they're like, they want to start a team and I ask them why they're like, wow, because I'm like, well, because why? And I'm like, well, I want to make lots of money and I want to have this thing. And it's, I'm like, first of all, if you want to start a business, you have to look at it like a business. Um, and if you are willing to put yourself last, like any business owner, if, you, if you're willing to put yourself last in order to, have other people succeed so that they can grow, which again, I really do believe in going off, you know, uh, like an organizational chart kind of looks like this, like a triangle, CEO up here, both down there. I kind of turn it up upside down like that, where, you know, you're here and you're building everybody up and they're the sale, so to speak, that's kind of lifting everything forward. So Kerwin Ray says an amazing leadership coach where uh, he said, like, if you take everything you do for the next 10 years and reinvest back into your business. I think like, I know 10 years, Ooh, everyone gets scared about that. But if you reinvest in, and you're willing to, you will have an organization, a family 
and profitability that doesn't just um, afford your lifestyle, but will help you and other people live to their full potential to their lifestyle. And then also create something bigger, which is my big focus. So first things first, um, have, have a, a financial plan in place. Um, if you are independently wealthy and you're starting a business, it's the best way to do it, but most people aren't. I was very fortunate when I came back to Canada that like I didn't have to, I would say have to work, but didn't have to so much worry about that. But I still, I put 10 grand into a bank account and started my business from there. So treat it like a business. Um, understand that if you have any ego, people will leave. And if you, if you don't have massive production and fantastic systems or the opportunity to build those systems, you will falter because I think a lot of people, they don't put a foundation in place first. And if that foundation isn't there, you can't just go out and build a service business because we are not in the business of selling cell phones and, or trinkets or anything that we're in the business of, of relationships for somebody's largest asset. You can't just go like, Hey, I want to hire a whole bunch of sales agents and see what happens. I mean, you can, but uh, if you want to build long-term growth, you have to have, well, I know you guys are, are, are much more probably transactional than we are and tons of calls and everything, but you have the systems in place and a foundation that you, Sandy, I watched you and we office together, create that. And once you create that kind of foundational model, you can go from there. So a lot of people, they get in the business, they want to start a team, understand why, have a foundation and have a business mindset around investing in yourself and your people. That would be my awesome. biggest. Awesome. Thing. Well said, well said, well said. I, I totally agree. And um, got to wrap no. it up. I'm really yeah, much better. Really appreciate every time. Uh, obviously, really excited that we did this in the morning because it got me jacked up for the day. Um, so thanks for uh, thanks for bringing the energy and, uh, and sharing everything you can. Why would someone who should get in touch with you and uh, how can they do that? Um, I tell anybody. Um, I believe everybody deserves your time. Not everybody deserves it equally. If anybody wants to reach out to me and talk about either joining our team to have an opportunity. Um, be prepared for that. But also if anybody has any questions, I love being able to, my mission is to give back to other people. So if anybody has any questions on real estate, starting a team, relationships financially and different types of investing, uh, I'd have just reach out to me for anything whatsoever. I'm happy to do it. I also, I've been doing this quite a bit is giving a half an hour, absolutely free. It takes about half an hour to do a business audit with everyone through our success system to kind of see where they they need to improve. And Happy to do that. You can reach me at 905-515-1276 or chris at nightonrealestate.com. And Sandy, uh, thank you for having me. Awesome. And I got one, well, a bunch of comments actually here. One of them says, Chris is 10 bucks. Chris is not wearing pants. I'd love to see. I don't know if you really are wearing pants or not. You're probably not, but um... <laughs> <laughs> don't stand up. Don't stand Usually up. Usually the comments I would get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um all right man thanks so much uh thanks for being here really loved having you and um Cheers, if anyone wants to reach out to us about the show would love to hear some feedback uh comments questions etc uh love to hear about some guests if you want to get on the show reach out to us uh through the facebook page or info at uh teambuildingshow.ca uh thanks so much thanks bro Have a great day